Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 1230. Andrew Barry from the podium in Indianapolis. He's the executive vice president of football operations and general manager of your Cleveland Browns. 1230 combine. Can we do something every time he says that? I'm is Jeff it, is, Phelps. We my punch buddy. Him? Well, it's more than GM, apparently. Football guru you didn't like. Yeah, it guru, feels like so. one of those titles that should immediately be followed by a bunch of people clapping for you. Let, let's go to the North I, Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. We're going to bring in the executive vice president of covering the National Basketball Association team of Cleveland. He's Chris Fedor from the Plain Dealer in Cleveland.com. Hello, Chris. What's going on, guys? Maybe one day I'll be Andrew Barry. Who knows? We're just throwing around titles, making them yeah. up, making them up. Uh, good fine. to have you with us, buddy. How are you, first of all? All-star break, treat you well? All good? All-star break was great. It's uh, exactly what I needed it to be, just spending time at home with my wife and my son and uh, getting ready for this gauntlet that is going to be the March schedule for the Cavs. And what is that gauntlet? What does it tell you in your mind about what we could see and what it could lead to? Yeah, I just don't know, honestly, guys, if there's anything that I could see from the Cavs throughout the rest of this regular season that's going to change my view on on who they can be and what they can possibly accomplish. I just think this is a group that needs to show it on the biggest stage under the brightest lights in the playoffs. At the same time, yeah, I mean, there are little things that we can learn about the Cavs as, as we finish off this season. Just how good are they? Can they handle matchups against some of the elite teams in the league? At this point, 24 of their 37 wins have come against teams with a record below 500. Um, They themselves are below 500 against the above 500 teams. So playing against Dallas tonight, that's a test for this group. As we move forward into the schedule and Phoenix is on it and some of these other elite teams are all on that schedule, um, it, it will give us a better idea, not the, the idea that we need, um, but a better idea of just how good this team is and how ready they are for playoff basketball. And of course, Darius Garland, how he continues to fit into the fabric of this team and Evan Mobley being used the way that he's going to be used and how J.B. Bickerstaff navigates his rotation. To me, those are the main storylines of this second half of the season for this team. But they've already shown that they're a good team. We just, I think, want to realize and understand uh, just how good they are. 
Chris, Jeff and I were just kind of discussing this a little. He doesn't think so, but I think so. I think they're a little bit stuck in neutral coming out of the gate here after the All-Star break. I'm, that's not saying they can't put it into gear pretty quick, but do you see it that way or am I nuts? Well, I mean, two of those games were played without Donovan Mitchell, and I think everybody understands how important Donovan is, and there's a reason why he's in the MVP conversation. There's a reason why he was an All-Star. There's a reason why he's going to get votes for first-team All-NBA. Um, so when the Cavs do not have him, statistically, they're a completely different team, both offensively and defensively. So it's not surprising to me that they haven't looked like the team um, that they were before the break when Donovan was out there and playing more like himself. In saying that, yeah, I mean, I think there are things that this team is still working through. I think J.B. Bickerstaff is still working through his rotations and finding the right combinations, and he's using different lineups, and he's using different players. And with that is going to come with a level of growing pain. Um, with that is going to come with a level of inconsistency. Um, on top of that, it's also returning from the all-star break. And I don't want to make excuses for them or anything along those lines, but I think there are circumstances tied to how they've played since the all-star break, but I haven't seen anything that would be considered alarming. Chris Fedor joining us, PlainDealerCleveland.com, and of course works with us here sometimes at 92.3 The Fan. The one thing that you just talked about with JB finding his rotations and all that, I, I keep flashing to this. Man, did they cook without Evan and without Darius. And it, I, I, you're not better without good players, Chris. But uh-huh. when Donovan had that ball in his hands, man, he elevated the games of everybody around him. And I, I wonder what does JB do there? Because, you know, he saw it. He, he saw what was going on. It was fa- it was fabulous. The guy was great. And he kept his he kept his scoring up Chris, mm-hmm. while getting everybody else involved. How do you work? And, and then Evan came back. It was still great. How do you yeah. work Darius into this? Keep Darius happy. And did you, do you keep the ball in his hands? Donovan? I mean, it's. It's, there's some coaching that needs to be done there, and it's something I think that's critical for JB to figure out. I also think, guys, it's important to point something out. Um, if you look at the Cavs statistically for the duration of this season, in terms of offensive rating, defensive rating, net rating, the things that a lot of teams nowadays are using to measure their effectiveness at, mm-hmm. at whatever it is that they're trying to measure, um, all of those ratings – throughout the duration of this season are worse than this recent stretch when Evan Mobley and Darius Garland came back. So with Darius and Evan, and it's a smaller sample size, obviously, but it's not like these guys have completely disrupted or not enhanced what the Cavs were already doing. What were they, like nine, nine and one in Darius's first 10 games back, right? Something like that? Yeah, and, and it goes beyond the win-loss record because the win-loss record is so much tied to a schedule and it's so much tied to matchups and opponents that you're playing against. I'm looking at things a little bit deeper than that. Their net rating is better during this stretch when they've had Darius and Evan together. Their offensive rating is better when they've had these guys, despite the fact that they are still working through some things. In saying that, as you bring up, Jeff, like, yeah, I, I do think it is difficult on Darius Um, to be the Darius that he was a couple of years ago when he was one of the up-and-coming point guards in the Eastern Conference, um, when he was a first-time All-Star, because he's being asked to do things 
that he's never been asked to do consistently in his entire basketball career. I mean, if you think about it, this dude has been playing full-time point guard since basically he was out of diapers. And now they're starting to ask him to play off the ball a little bit more. And it's a different skill set when you're asking him to do that and share the floor with Donovan. And I think the Cavs are trying to find pockets within the game where Darius can be on the floor without Donovan. And he has a little bit more freedom. His usage is up. His touches are up. He has an opportunity to beat Darius Garland. Um, and and, and J.B. Bickerstaff is trying to do the same thing when it comes to Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. Um, I'm digging into the numbers for a story that I'm working on, and it's almost to a point where the minutes apart for those two guys are higher than the minutes together um, since Evan came back from his knee surgery. So J.B.'s trying to find different moments throughout the course of the game when he can stagger those guys, give them a little bit more freedom, and tap into some of those individual gifts that make them um, such brilliant basketball players, while at the same time those guys try and figure out the best way for them to blend in um, when this team is at full strength and and when this team um, has its core four all on the floor at the same time. All right, Chris, riddle me this. If the team stays healthy, and I'm sure this is a Mm -hmm. question that fans will be asking themselves, why are the Cavs going to be a better team in the playoffs this year than they were last year? Because they just have different places that they can go for consistent offense. That, to me, is what it all boils down to. The series against the Knicks, yes, part of it was about a lack of physicality. Yes, part of it was about the Cavs giving up way too many offensive rebounds. Yeah, part of it was about the fact that, you know, Evan Mobley uh, didn't have the greatest series, and Donovan Mitchell wasn't himself. He didn't play like himself. And Darius Garland um, didn't seem like he handled the playoff stage as well as you would have wanted him to. Like, there are a bunch of different factors um, that go into the Cavs being non-competitive and getting bounced out of the playoffs last year against the Knicks. And they had roster flaws, and they had an imbalanced roster construction and all those things. But the bottom line is their offense was wretched in that series against the Knicks. And sure, give the Knicks credit. It's a great word. Um, defensively, the Knicks were really, really good, and Tom Thibodeau is a defensive mastermind. But, like, come on, it's the NBA. You can't muster more than 94 points in five games. Like, come on. Got to be better than that. So, offensively, like, there was only one thing that they could do really, really well last year and in that series against the Knicks. It was high pick and roll over and over and over again because that's the strength of Darius Garland. That's the strength of Donovan Mitchell because their bigs weren't at the level in terms of their development offensively where you just get them involved the way that the Cavs have been able to do this year because Jarrett's a different player and Evan is a different player. They've both gotten better on the offensive end of the floor in in different areas. And because the Cavs didn't have movement guys the way that they do right now with Max Struess and Sam Merrill, and they didn't have the floor spacing like they do this year because of George Niang, Max Struess, Sam Merrill. So the roster is a little bit different. Um, and I think because of that, the Cavs have more ways that they can function and, and have success on the offensive end of the floor. If they want to play big, they can do it. If they want to play small, they can do it. If they want to play inside and dominate the paint, 
They have shown an ability to do that. If they want to have a movement-based offense, they have shown the ability to have success that way. If they want to bomb threes, they can do that. If they want to go back to the high pick and roll with Darius and Donovan and Jarrett, that's always going to be there. And I think so much about the playoffs is um, can you play a variety of styles based on what is demanded in that particular matchup against that particular opponent. And the Cavs, if we look at it like a chessboard, like they just didn't have a bunch of pieces that could move a lot of different directions. This year, they do. Chris Fedor joining us, PlainDealerCleveland.com. The Eastern Conference looks kind of wide open, Chris. Boston is is kind of you know out in hiding, but with Embiid hurt, <laughs> Philadelphia is is not Philadelphia. Doc Rivers hasn't yet got the Bucks where he wants them. We'll see if, if he's able to do that. That said, there are I, I think seven, eight teams in the Eastern Conference, the, the teams that you would think would make the playoffs, that might be able to knock off anybody in, mm. in the playoffs. Is that is that fair? And what does that mean for a team like the Cavs who look like they're gonna finish in the upper part of the Eastern Conference? I think it's sort of fair, guys. I think we have to recognize and understand that Boston is on a completely different level than everybody else in the Eastern Conference. Um, The things that they're doing on a nightly basis, the consistency that they're playing with offensively and defensively. You know how many times they've lost two games in a row this year? Uh, Once. Yeah, once? Once. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the level of consistency that they're playing at. They can space the floor. They can play it inside. They can knock down threes. And defensively, I think there's a different level that they can get to in a seven-game series. So they are scary good, and I think they belong on a tier by themselves. And I think everybody in the Eastern Conference is chasing them. I think they've earned that. In saying that, like, does Boston want Miami in a first-round playoff series? Probably not. Does Boston want Philadelphia if Joel Embiid comes back and he shows that he can be healthy and effective if Philly continues to slide down the standings? No, not really. Um, so I do think it's an interesting Eastern Conference, and I do think what happens throughout the course of the playoffs might in large part be determined by what the first-round matchups are. Like last year, if the Bucks got somebody other than the Miami Heat, we're probably having a different conversation about how things played out in the Eastern Conference, right? Yes. But the wrong matchup for the wrong team at the wrong time could lead to quite a drastic shakeup and it for the Cavs specifically the wrong matchup could be the difference between you know a deep playoff run and a whole bunch of organizational changes this offseason wow that that's interesting who do you like in the west we got about 30 seconds Chris it's Denver to me Just Denver? I think there are some other teams that that are sneaky good and I think there's an upside that that Phoenix has and there's a level of offensive firepower attached to what they can ultimately become. And I wouldn't sleep on Dallas with Luka and Kyrie beating them four times at seven tries, given the additions that they made at the trade deadline. That's going to be tough too, but Denver has done that. Um, their, their core has been together and they've been through the wars together and Murray and Jokic are still playing at an elite level together. Uh, they complement each other so well. And, and that's one of the toughest places to win um, for any team that has to go there. So I just think there are so many different facets to, to Denver that you have to make them the favorite out West. 
Thank you for your time today, buddy. We appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. You got it, guys. Anytime. Chris Fedor, Plain Dealer, Cleveland.com. Does a phenomenal job of covering the Cavaliers, and he joined us on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Andrew Barry coming up from the Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. That should be in about 15 minutes. You will hear him right here on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. That was Andrew Barry, Executive Vice President, Football Operations, and General Manager for the Browns, speaking at the Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Apparently, the Browns have plenty of uh, Microsoft tablets. Not worried about Ken Dorsey breaking them. Oh, you're the only one worried about that, Jeff. No, you're I'm, not, I'm not worried at all. Oh, okay. Apparently, I forgot he's about not it. either. So I'm like, where's he going with this? Well, that's what he asked. That was yeah. That was a response to a question. Yeah, I know. Yeah, where we like his competitiveness. Yes. Apparently a hell of a pickup basketball player. Yes. Got to like that. Yes. I, I did take a couple of things out of it. Um, it. And again, you couldn't hear most of questions that were asked because the NFL has decided not to ask, not to mic the reporters there. So that's what's going on there. If I heard it all correctly, he was asked about Alex Van Pelt being released. Right. Didn't really answer. And he said, yeah, Kevin's talked about that. Yeah. That's all he said. Yep. Okay. I, I found the Nick Chubb stuff interesting and almost insightful. So did I. I didn't like hearing this. Nick is a popular discussion point. No, he's not. Nick's a hell of a football player. Yeah, but that's not what he said afterwards. Like, I, I, I'm not, I know. I know he went into it. I, I, I think that's I him recognizing that, that fans want to know what's going I on. I hated hearing it. Why? Because he's more than that. Yeah, I agree, but he also didn't give me any reason to think that the Browns are are not – they are currently talking to him, trying to figure out how to do this and do what's right by everybody. 
And quote, that's what I got. And out quote, of it. Nick is a quote unquote a difference maker. And quote, run game is predicated on the strength of the offensive line in the scheme. I thought that was interesting, but then he went on to say and said, "And more. Nick is a difference maker." Yes. Yeah. I'm just going to hang on this one. The run game is predicated on the strength of the offensive line in the scheme. Is that his way of saying that it doesn't matter who the running back is? It's his way of saying, hey, we're going to find somebody, and if if we can't come to a financial agreement with Nick Chubb on how to move forward, then we're just going to move forward. And if Nick's not able to return, Andy, I mean, we're all hopeful that the – I mean, medical science is a really interesting thing. I know someone who works in the industry, and the line always was – they call it practicing medicine for a reason. There's no guarantee. Mm-hmm. And a rebuilt knee getting rebuilt for a second time doesn't just scream absolutely on the field by week nine. No. So I, we're also hopeful because we have such respect for the guy as a person, just such respect for the guy as a player. And I hate to say this, Andrew Barry has to say, Run game is predicated on the strength of the offensive line and the scheme, and he has to go about his business that way because he doesn't know if he's going to have Nick Chubb, either from a financial standpoint or from a health standpoint. I thought what he said was very fair. I, I it didn't give me any reason to doubt that the Browns want him on this team and Without question, are moving in a different direction. Don't you think under the right circumstances, they're not going to pay Nick Chubb what he's supposed to make. That They can't do that. They might be able to if they redo the contract. Well, that's exactly and right. He, and he lives up to the incentives yes. if they change it to incentives. Yes. But, but clearly they I have to do Nick, something. I, Nick's got to get that. He's got to understand that. I don't think that there's – I mean, they're taking a chance on him well, to bring him back, and he's taking a chance on on the Browns to be able to offer him something that's fair. Is this, is this fair? Because I, I think this is true. If you're Nick Chubb, and you're sitting here right now trying to come back from a second huge knee injury. Where are you going to get the best financial deal? Probably here. I agree. Yeah. Yep. I think if he's going to if he's looking to make the most money, which he should, I think he's going to get it here. Unless somebody else believes that he is 100% and that he's coming back and he'll be able to be the the running back that he was. And then you've got to find a team that values running back more than the rest of the league to do that, to pay him as much as the Browns would. So I I think for all parties concerned, the best thing to do, renegotiate with incentives, and let's see what happens when it comes time for him to play again. I, I just think his best chance to make close to the amount of money that he's making right now is to work out a new deal with the Browns. You mentioned incentives without question. And if you're able to come back and do that this year, great. Make it a two-year deal with incentives for next year. Build that in. I just think if with some of the other – and, Andy, there are a lot of running backs who are, who are available. A lot of running backs. And a, and a lot of running backs who you would think, yeah, I'll take that guy. And I, I think there are some good ones. If you're looking for a running back, tell me a guy that you would take behind Nick Chubb based on Nick's injury right now. A All current right. free agent? Hold or, on. Okay. Uh, Derrick Henry. Okay, yes. Josh Jacobs. Saquon Barkley. Tony Pollard. Austin Eckler. Gus Edwards. DeAndre Swift. 
And see, this is this is why I think Nick and his his representation need to sit down with the Browns, figure out something that works. Because I think anybody who needs a running back is going to go for one of those guys. Why wouldn't they? If they need a running back, they they need one. Right. Nick's not. Nick's so unlikely to be ready to go at the start of the season. I I can't see any team other than the Browns absolutely giving him money. And I hate saying that. I hate it. It's a very, very interesting situation. Although, you know, you go back and, like I said, Henry right out of the gate, but, you know. He, he did you, have a, you need a running back next year. Yeah, I mean, he had take? 1,100 yards and 12 touchdowns. Right, he was great. So, yeah, he did have a It was great in a down year for him. Yeah. And he's healthy. Correct. That's where this keeps going back to for Nick Chubb. I think you probably could get, although Josh Jacobs wants to get paid, as we talked about in the beginning of the show, his numbers were nowhere near Henry's. But that could have been the offense. Could have been. He's playing with a rookie quarterback. True. Things were a mess out there and. Fired a coach and everything else. What would you do in that scenario? In which scenario? The, where you just laid out all these running backs. I would not sign Nick Chubb. You would go get one of those guys? If I were another team. If I'm the Browns and I use the draft choice on Jerome Ford and I traded for Pierre Strong and I can go get well, – let me just throw some names at you. And I'm not saying these guys are, are great players, okay? I'm just saying these guys are, could be more than competent NFL running backs as – one one of a three-headed running back committee. Um, Devin Singletary, Gus Edwards, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who wasn't real good in Kansas City, but still he's available. DeAndre Swift, Deontay Foreman, Damian Harris, who got hurt last year in Buffalo and didn't play, but was really pretty good when he was with New England. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Uh, Cam Akers coming back from injury. Yeah, I J.K. Take... Dobbins. Yeah. Rashad Penny. A.J. Dillon. Jarek McKinnon. I mean, there are a I, lot I, I, of I, running backs available. Zach Moss. I think Zach Moss is terrific. I want to see what Nick looks like after he comes back. It's not like he, you know he but, is but going to try everything. you don't know when that's going to be, though. There's the catch. Okay, well, if that's the case, I mean, you keep making the argument for, you know, you've got one running back on this team that you drafted and one that you went out and traded for. Right. So you should be good with those guys. And I, I can see bringing in one of these other guys, Andy, because somebody's going to be left after everybody everybody gets their running back thinking, um, hey, anybody? I, I'd love to play for you. 
and some team will be able to sign somebody who's had some success in the league for a one-year veteran minimum or pretty darn close to it. And that's what I would do if I were the Browns. So you're looking at coming back with Ford and Strong, right? And you're hoping Chubb can work his way back in and feel better and get back to even some semblance of what he used to look for. So you need to go out and get one more running back. The cheapest way I, to do that. I would. The cheapest way to do that is draft one. Except for this. And and tell me if this is wrong. Are the other guys so young that you really could use a veteran presence there? Does it matter? Oh, I don't know. That's, I don't know. I'm, that it I'm asking. I don't I don't I'd know. draft one and wait for Nick to come back. Would you? Yep. The more you kept talking about it, the more I kept thinking, what I'm just I'm gonna draft one, but the question is, do you want to draft one with your second or third round pick? No, absolutely no. not. So you're going to draft somebody. I mean, Jerome Ford it, was a fifth-round pick, so we Andy, know you, where they value running backs in the draft. Dearness Johnson. Dearness is available. I mean, you you can get somebody who's had some success in the league on a vet minimum here. So you're not even saving that much money. And you already have two young guys. Let, let's put it this way. If they choose to draft one, great. If they don't, man, they, you have – you have 15 guys who you could come in and probably help you out. Maybe more. I The more I listen to myself and the more I listen to you and the more I convince myself, I think they they draft one. Why wouldn't they? I, especially if you're looking to save some money somewhere. The more, I, draft, the more I think about it. The, there are less miles on a guy out of college than there are some of these guys in the NFL. I think the more that I look at it, the more I think they're going to sign a veteran free agent who's been around a little bit and can come in and just calm things down. Because I think Jerome Ford and I think Pierre Strong are going to be the main ball carriers. They have two fifth-round picks. We know that they value a running back in the fifth round. And they did that with with Ford, right? Fifth-rounder. So we know where they value running backs are. Did he walk in the door ready to contribute? Or do they think they already have that right now with Ford and Strong? I think that might be the case, actually, that they actually think that. You heard Andrew Barry, folks. What did you think? Did it give you any impressions on what they might be doing? Did I? Did, did anybody, did I miss it? Did anybody hear the name Flacco? Did you hear anything about Brazil either? That was the other thing I was looking for. No. I still think they're going to Brazil week one. Okay. Well, is Joe Flacco going to be with him? I, didn't, I don't think I heard Flacco's name. If I did, it was muffled or it fell out. Yeah. It's Baskin and Phelps here on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.